Namaste everyone. Uh, this is Avinash Vasisht and today I am going to talk about a very controversial issue uh, which is the role of Muslims in the partition of India. My presentation is primarily based upon a book called Understanding Partition uh, which was written by Yuvraj Krishnanji. He was a former member of Consumer Dispute Redressal Commission of India, a renowned scholar. He has published more than 100 research papers on politics, philosophy, religion, art, etc. Now, before diving into the details of my presentation, I wanted you to know that why I have chosen this book for my presentation. So the reason number one is that the end notings and references of this book are from first-hand sources, which makes it more reliable and authentic. Now, the reason number two is that the chronological order in which this book unlocks the causes of partition of India are truly eye-opening and almost gives you a visualization that what actually happened at that point of time. Now, the reason number three is that this book gives a detailed account of the role of Aligarh Muslim University in the partition of India, which is one of the most interesting part of my presentation. Now, the reason number four is that the current popular discourse on this issue in mainstream media, which is wholly devoid of any factual basis. For example, recently, uh, a renowned Congress politician uh, said that Savarkar was responsible for the partition of India. So this book precisely debunks all such false narratives and shed light upon what actually happened during the partition of India. So without any further delay, let's come to the pot topic. Sarai Shabdo mein baat kare, to sabse pehle hume jo sawal jo address karna hooga, wo ye ki right from the very beginning, jinnna ki sabse pramukh priority kya thi? So the answer is, is to gain control over Punjab province. Now, why was that so? Because if you look at the, the composition and the political and economic significance of Punjab province, it is most crucial for, uh, for Jinnah to establish his dream of Pakistan. And in the words of Jinnah, he, he described Punjab province as the cornerstone of Pakistan. Now, as far as the composition is concerned, this Punjab province not only includes Punjab, it includes entire Northwest frontier province, plus Sindh and Baluchistan. And as far as the political and economic significance of Punjab province is concerned, 56% of population of Pakistan came from Punjab province. And it is one of the most fertile plain of India loaded with industries, road and transport. So for actualizing his dream of establishing Pakistan for economic viability point of view, this Punjab province is very important for Jinnah. Now the next question that, uh, that needs to be asked is that, so who was actually stopping him to go uh, to, to gain control over Punjab province. So it was actually a unionist party led by uh, Sikandar Hayat Khan. If we talk about Punjab province par karne mein, to the unionist party led by Sikandar Hayat Khan. Now this fact is pretty much evident by the election uh, scenario of 1937 uh, of Punjab province. Unionist party in that election won 86 seats and just leaving one seat for all india muslim league now although unionist party and sikandar hayat khan secured brute majority in punjab province election but the the character of sikandar hayat khan has several loopholes and the loopholes are these he was actually opposed to muslim league making inroads in punjab but but advocates at the same time that muslim league must concentrate on all india politics so this man was actually blowing hot and cold at the same time. And in his own words, even despite knowing the fact that 
establishment of pakistan will be an invitation to cut the throats of every hindu and he he made an observation that pakistan would mean mean complete massacre so this man knows the actual intentions of jinnah but despite knowing that fact he was advocating that look you should not come in my province but do whatever you want to do in the rest of india so if i relate this context in the present time it is just like uh, badruddin ajmal asking avasi that look bro i like your style of politics but do not come in my state so how jinnah uh, succeeded in his plan so there are basically internal and external factors that that provide jinnah an opportunity to make inroads in the punjab province so the first point uh, regarding these internal factors is that the sekandar hayat khan holds soft corner for muslim league which i have already mentioned in my previous slides and what happened subsequently that in 1943 see uh, sekandar hayat khan unfortunately died he was one of the most stalwart leader of punjab province at that point of time and uh, he has very strong strong control over the polity of punjab province and thereafter uh, another uh, death was witnessed uh, uh, in the name of chutu ram he was again the another stalwart leader of uh, this unionist party so by these unfortunate deaths it creates a political vacuum in the punjab province which which provide an opportunity for jinnah to to just come in and play his vicious political campaign and the successor of uh, sekandar hayat khan whose name was khizr khan he was wholly incompetent in 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 holding the polity of uh, punjab province and if you go by the external factors so it was actually dominated by first jinnah's vicious criminal campaign in election uh, now if uh, to substantiate this point uh, i would like to uh, refer the observations of welcome darling the then administrator of election in punjab province who made following observations on the election campaign of modus of jinnah his election campaign he observed that his election campaign was loaded with the cries that islam is in danger islam khatre mein hai पहला जो ऑब्जर्वेशन जो मेलकम डार्लिंग का था इसकी इलेक्शन कंपेन को लेके जिन्ना की सेकंड पॉइंट इज दैट इस्लामिक क्लेरिक्स एंड दरगा पीर्स हेल्प्ड हिम बाय इशूइंग फतवा देने सपोर्ट बहुत सारे इस्लामिक क्लेरिक्स और दरगा के जो पीर होते हैं पीर फकीर जो होते हैं उन्होंने ह्यूज अमाउंट में फतवा इशूज किए कि मुस्लिम्स के लिए कि यू शुड सपोर्ट मुस्लिम लीग इन द इलेक्शन और थर्ड ऑब्जर्वेशन विच वॉज मेड बाई दिस मैन मेलकम डार्लिंग वॉज दैट threat were given to nationalist part uh, nationalist muslims that if you don't support muslim league you will be outcasted from the community and you will not even allowed to pray in the mosques so this was the level of viciousness in the campaign of jinnah and the fourth observation which was made by malcolm darling was that that the that in his entire election campaign jinnah portrayed elections as fight between believers and kafirs ki ye actually basically election nahi hai ye ladai chal rahi hai kafirs or believers ke beech mein now even uh, to that extent uh, this unionist party hold stakes in in the punjab province but thereafter what happened subsequently is that the there was a merger of unionist leaders uh, who were actually muslim hardliners into muslim league and uh, this could be a, uh, evident from the fact that after 1937 election victory unionist party confronted by internal pressure from many of its muslim parliamentary colleagues to join hands with muslim league in october 1937 khan and jinnah signed the jinnah sekandar pact at lucknow thereby merging muslim elements of his powerful unionist force 
with all india muslim league for reconciling the various muslim elements in the punjab province and elsewhere in india so the basic idea that was running behind the mindset of uh, this sikandar hayat khan was that that he was actually hold want to hold the stakes in punjab province but at the same time he wants uh, his a uh, 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 united front at india level but jinnah's priority were entirely different जिन्ना की जो प्रायोरिटी थी वो ये थी कि कैसे भी पंजाब प्रोविंस पर कब्जा किया जाए सो दिस वॉज दिनारियो एंड द फाइनल ब्लो कम्स ऑन द पॉइंट वेन जिन्ना कॉल्ड फॉर दिस डायरेक्ट एक्शन डे विच ट्रिगर्ड ग्रेट कैलकटा किलिंग्स एंड देर आफ्टर लास्ट नेल इन दिन वॉज हिट बाई शिमला कॉन्फ्रेंस विच वॉज हेडेड बाई दिस लॉर्ड वेविल Uh, where he only invited uh, muslim league for the representation for the full representation of muslims so this was the scenario these are the internal and external factors that were that provide opportunity for jinnah to to make inroads in punjab province so if we if we if we go in the details of this simla conference it it's basically its aim was to give representation to indians in viceroy's executive councils council but the major blunder which was committed by this lord wevel he only invited muslim league as the sole representatives of muslims now if i ask you to just recall the uh, the election stats of this uh, punjab province sikandar hayat khan uh, uh, won 86 seats and just leaving one for this jinnah so on what basis this uh, man uh, lord wevel was inviting solely muslim league to represent to to give rep, uh, to represent uh, muslims so even despite knowing the fact that unionist party leaders still hold clout among muslim community this man only invited mohammad ali jinnah to 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 become a sole representative of muslims and this invitation of wevel gave official recognition to muslim league as the sole representative of muslim community now let's come to this calcutta killings no so so calcutta killings was basically the part of uh, this uh, uh, this uh, consequence of this direct action they call and this calcutta killing established the benchmark for communal rights in india it blown things out of proportion mass killing happens with the connivance of police administration there was a complete erosion of trust on the part of public from law enforcement agencies so if we if we draw a character analysis of jinnah's qualities Uh, then he was actually holding two swords at that point of time in which the one sword was loaded with the sharpness of political allurements in the name of islam and the second sword was loaded with the sharpness of violence and communal campaigns so this was the uh, character uh, that was uh, that jinnah was playing at that point of time now whenever uh, this uh, role of jinnah comes in question muslimic apologists and uh, those liberal intellectuals argues that look it was not actually jinnah it was nehru who uh, who marks the beginning for the establishment of pakistan and they basically they basically blame jawaharlal nehru for on two points first is that in 1937 when congress failed to force alliance with muslim league in the up and the second most uh, contentious allegation which was made against nehru uh, was that that repudiation of cabinet mission plan by nehru so let's come to those those two major allegations one by one so i am quoting here molana rat he he observed uh, on this 1937 election in united province that if the league offer of cooperation 
had been accepted by the uh, uh, accepted the muslim league party would for all practical purposes march with the congress nehru's decision gave the muslim league in the up a new lease of life mr jinnah took full advantage of the situation and started an offensive campaign which ultimately resulted ultimately led to the partition of india and his line was subsequently to to by so many islamic apologists and uh, intellectuals that look it was actually uh, nehru who is responsible for the partition of india so let's come to the election stats of this 1937 election in united province so the, in that in those elections congress won that election by overwhelming majority on 64 seats reserved for muslims congress placed their candidate only on seven seats leaving 57 to muslim league now even even then muslim leagues only able to won 27 seats out of those 64 now in the cabinet of six jo cabinet banne wali thi chalu hogi is election outcome se usme jo demand rakhi thi jinnah ne wo rakha tha ki mujhe do seats chahiye he demanded two seats for khaliqo zaman and nawab ismail khan so nehru informed him, informed him that the league that uh, he was only go, going to offer one elected member from muslim league side to hold the ministry and this triggered uh, this triggered the ego of jinnah and none of uh, from his party joined the cabinet so this decision of nehru was regarded as first major blunder by this molana azad so let's take a look on the muslim league's electoral stats all across the country so if we if we look at the electoral stats in uttar pradesh muslim league was holding 27 seats out of 64 in bihar they draw blank orissa zero central provinces zero sindh zero northwest frontier province zero punjab only one seat out of 86 bombay 11 seats out of 28 so by looking at these stats the election the, the this election arithmetic does not necessitate congress at all to enter in to enter in the alliance with league muslim league's election result summary severely dented the theory of those who have questioned the intentions of nehru and blamed him for the partition of india so muslim league's electoral summary proved that it has no locus whatsoever in claiming sole representation of muslims aap aap khud dekh sakte hain ki bihar orissa central province sindh northwest frontier mein zero seats thi iske paas mohammad ali jinnah ke paas uske baad bhi ye claim kar raha tha ki mujhe sole representation di jaye muslims ki now so the the premise on which uh, uh, pandit nehru placed his argument was that that look jinnah you are not the sole representative of muslims i cannot accept that proposition at all but muslim league was insisting nehru that look you have to accept us as the sole representative of muslims now this this understanding of nehru could also be substantiated by the fact that majority of seat reserved for muslims in up had been won by independent candidate independent muslim candidates and parties of agriculturalist of oud and agra so even agar aap punjab ke punjab province ke election ko chhod de to up province ke elections mein bhi जो जिन्ना के स्टेक्स थे बहुत कम थे उसके बाद भी ये आदमी जो है वो सोल रिप्रेजेंटेशन मांग रहा था मुस्लिम्स की सो एंड नॉट ओनली दिस इफ देर आर सेवरल अदर फैक्ट आल्सो व्हिच कॉन्ट्रडिक्ट दिस थ्योरी दैट दैट नेहरू वाज रिस्पांसिबल फॉर द पार्टीशन ऑफ इंडिया एंड दोस दोस पॉइंट्स आर दीस 
First, Mulana Azad himself contradicted his statement. How he did so? Uh, he he was the chief negotiator in United uh, in in the in negotiating the deal between Muslim League and this uh, this Congress. And in that, while negotiating that deal, he puts terms and condition which goes like this: that if these terms and conditions agree to, the Muslim League group of members join the Congress Party as full members. That group and and that group would cease to exist at a separate group. So that was the first point. Second is that Jinnah's own standing preferences. Prior to this 1937 election, Jinnah had wanted the Congress to leave the Muslim state alone. Again, Jinnah and the Muslim League insisted that the Congress should recognize League as the sole representative of Muslims. That non-League Muslims did not represent the Muslims. That was the stand of Jinnah prior to the election of 1937. So, if we look at Jinnah, Jinnah's point of view, one minute, he was justified in asking stakes in the United Province. So, if you look at his observations, they are also contradictory. Now, the third point is that Khaliqul Zaman's own statement contradicts the theory. Khaliqul Zaman, uh, I quote him uh, here, that Khaliqul Zaman says, no, on no occasion did either Nawab Ismail Khan and I these are the two, two persons which was proposed by uh, Jinnah uh, to be a part of that uh, six-member cabinet. No, on, He said that on no occasion did either Nawab Ismail Khan or I ever accepted to work with Congress and to subscribe to the Congress program. Further, it is wholly devoid of any foundation that Pandit Nehru wrote to me any letter about the formation of ministry in UP. Now, the fourth point is that the internal conflict was going in Muslim League about the role of Khaliqo Zaman. The Muslim leaders at that point of time of uh, this Muslim League accused Khaliqo Zaman of hatching a plot against the Muslim League and Jinnah. On the 25th April 1937, the UP Muslim League Parliamentary Board passed the resolution that it is not possible for Muslim League Parliamentary Board or the members elected on its ticket to join the Congress in its policy of breaking the constitution. Now, another contention was that the seat bargain theory contradicts absolutely contradicts this this uh, this demand of muslim league and and those who had responsible uh, nehru for the partition of india now what was that seat bargain theory that muslim league and jinnah was demanding one third share in the cabinet matlab six logon ki cabinet thi do seats wo apne liye mang rahe the apne logon ke liye now usme un jo unki priorities thi wo ye thi ki bas hum sirf muslims ko usme members usme uska member rakhenge अब बची चार सीटें चार सीट में पंडित नेहरू को हिंदूज शेड्यूल कास्ट हिंदूज सिक्स जैन्स बुद्धिस्ट नेशनलिस्ट मुस्लिम्स इन सबको एडजस्ट करना था सो डू यू थिंक दैट दिस बार्गेन सीट बार्गेन वाज एक्चुअली गोइंग ऑन अ जस्टिफाइड ग्राउंड नाउ लेट्स कम टू द नेक्स्ट नेक्स्ट मोस्ट कंटेंशियस एलिगेशन व्हिच वाज मेड अगेंस्ट नेहरू दैट ही रिपीटेडेड द कैबिनेट मिशन प्लान in the observations of Molana Azad, he, he, he said that Nehru, you have committed another blunder and this, your, your repudiation of cabinet mission plan will reopen the question of political and communal settlement. Now, on the face of it, Azad's observation apparently sounds logical because, because Congress Working Committee had accepted the cabinet mission plan earlier, which was later defied by Pandit Nehru. If we look at 
तो लगता है कि मौलाना आजाद जो थे वो अपनी इस ऑब्जर्वेशन में करेक्ट थे कि भाई जब वो कांग्रेस वर्किंग कम्युनिटी कमेटी ने पहले कैबिनेट मिशन प्लान एक्सेप्ट कर लिया है तो फिर अब आपको दिक्कत क्या थी उसको प्लान को एक्सेप्ट करने में बट दैट्स नॉट द इंटायर स्टोरी नेहरू लेट मी कम टू दहरू ऑब्जेक्शन विद कैबिनेट मिशन प्लान सो दिस कैबिनेट मिशन प्लान वॉज बेसिकली प्रपोजिंग थ्री टायर फेडरेशन ऑफ इंडिया and how that three tier works uh, it, it looks like this point a that union of india should act as a federation of provinces with limited political power which basically restrained to defense external affairs and communication subject that's all second uh, tier of the this cabinet mission plan proposed was that and the group of provinces were divided into three categories a b and c depending on which uh, which religion is in majority in those in, in those states so basically three categories banayi thi is cabinet mission plan mein a b and c jisme a category mein certain provinces or group or states the jisme depending on the which region is in majority aise ye aur yahi same scheme jo follow kar rahi thi b or c category mein and the third tier Fed, uh, uh, structure which was uh, the third year part which was proposed by cabinet mission plan was that that the basic units pro, uh, which were provinces and the states have power to decide constitution of the province so it means that they they have they have to act as a autonomous bodies because since they are they are they are empowered to make their own constitution now if i go in the detail uh, further details of this cabinet mission plan so let me just summarize it in short for you that structure which was proposed by this union uh, this cabinet mission plan was that that union structure was utterly disastrous for the idea of united india and how's that how, how was that so taxation aspect left undefined jo ki bahut hi crucial hota hai kisi economy ke liye survival ke liye power concentration absolutely lies in the domain of provinces currency coinage was made provincial subject foreign trade and customs also left for the jurisdiction of provinces so the economic unity by by this proposal of by this cabinet mission plan was severely compromised by this and not only this there was another glitch uh, in this uh, proposed model that with the lapse of paramountcy uh, for example uh, the, in these provinces once the and this uh, this lineage of uh, these nawabs and rajas will end then they are as per the as per the cabinet mission plan they are independent to rethink that whether they should go with pakistan or india तो लैप्स ऑफ पैरामाउंसी का वाला ग्लिच भी था वहां पर कि जब कोई राजा या नवाब का लीनियज खत्म हो जाएगा तो उन प्रोविंसेस को पावर दे दिया ये वो उस पॉइंट ऑफ टाइम पे डिसाइड करें कि उनको इंडिया के साथ जाना है या पाकिस्तान के साथ जाना है नाउ द सेकंड मोस्ट सेकंड मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट स्टैंड पॉइंट स्टैंड पॉइंट ऑफ जिन्ना ऑफ नेहरू पोजिशन वॉज दैट द ग्रुपिंग ऑफ आसाम स्टेट इन इन कैटेगरी सी एज आई मैं that cabinet mission plan proposes three categories group a group b and group c jo group b aur group c the usme wo provinces rakhe gaye the jahan pe muslim community dominant hai now if you look at the uh, at this categorization assam was placed in group c category and if you go by the population census of assam then at that point of time non muslims were in majority in assam तो नेहरू ने पूछा कि भाई एक बात मुझे बताओ आप किस बेसिस पर आसाम को ग्रुप सी कैटेगरी में रख रहे हो देखिए हुआ क्या जब इस इस आसाम की इस आसाम को ग्रुप सी कैटेगरी में रखा गया तो उसके बाद पूरी ग्रुप सी जो ग्रुप सी कैटेगरी थी उसका पूरा डेमोग्राफी चेंज हो गया कैसे 
अगर हम उसके पॉपुलेशन सेंसेस पे जाते हैं जो बंगाल और असम का जो जो ग्रुप सी में प्लेस थे उनके अगर पॉपुलेशन सेंसेस पे जाते हैं इस कैटेगराइज इस कैटेगराइजेशन की वजह से इतना फ्लक्चुएशन हुआ माइग्रेंट्स का कि मुस्लिम्स विल बिकम 36.44 मिलियन एंड नॉन मुस्लिम्स वर रिड्यूस्ड टू 34.06 मिलियन इफ आई समराइज दिस होल सिनेरियो देयर वाज टू ऑप्शन टू ऑप्शंस अवेलेबल फॉर नेहरू बस दो विकल्प थे नेहरू के पास उस समय में एक विकल्प था दैट ही शुड एक्सेप्ट a smaller version of pakistan which comprises east and west pakistan and the second jo second option tha nehru ke paas accept karne uh, accept karne ke liye wo ye tha ki wo ek aise india aise aise ek larger pakistan ke idea ko accept kare jo not, that not only includes east and west pakistan but also includes group and group b and c provinces and includes that lapse of paramountcy aspect also and which entirely vitiates the strongness of federal structure so nehru ne us point of time par option a choose kiya and if if if, I, if we take a pause for a moment then i must say that if i was at the position of nehru at that point of time to main bhi option a hi chunta main option b nahi chunta now uh, author of this book krishnan uh, this uh, yuvraj krishna, krishna ji he made an observation in his book that it appears that the cabinet mission plan was designed in conformity with the churchill's advice to uh, wevel in march 1944 45 who has favored india's division into pakistan hindustan princeistan usmanistan of chaudhry rahmat ali ab kya hua jab ye molana azad ne ek aur pot shot liya aur wo liya unhone sardar patel ke upar he made an observation that look jinna was was the uh, no doubt jinna was the flag bearer of pakistan of the idea of pakistan but it was sardar patel who concretizes the idea of partition of india aur jo jo unhone claim kiya tha jo unka claim tha unhone kaha tha ki jinna ne jab ye propose kiya ki india uh, india ko do uh, bhagon mein baat dena chahiye ek hindu majority ek muslim majority to सरदार पटेल ने इस आइडिया को एंडोर्स किया था तो उस पर ये इनकी मौलाना आजाद की ऑब्जर्वेशन थी दैट सरदार वाज़ अ रियल आर्किटेक्ट ऑफ द पार्टीशन ऑफ इंडिया नाउ आई वांट टू गो इन दी बैकड्रॉप ऑफ सरदार पटेल स्टैंड एंड द बैकड्रॉप लुक्स लाइक दिस द पोजीशन ऑफ सरदार पटेल इन एक्सेप्टिंग द आइडिया ऑफ टू नेशन थ्योरी हैज थ्री मेजर फैक्चुअल स्टैंड पॉइंट्स फर्स्ट ऑनगोइंग मास स्टील वायलेंस एंड ब्लडशेड इन द वेक ऑफ डायरेक्ट एक्शन डे कॉल दैट वाज़ द कॉल ऑफ जिन्ना एंड टोटल एडमिनिस्ट्रेटिव ब्रेकडाउन second backdrop was that the stand of congress working committee and mahatma gandhi on jinnas two nation theory third point is that the dishonesty of britishers and let's come to those points one by one so mass scale bloodshed and administrative breakdown breakdown let's come to this point first the great calcutta killings in the wake of direct action day triggered mass scale violence across india bahut bade star par kaatmar ho rahi thi india mein ये डायरेक्ट एक्शन डे की जो कॉल आई थी जिन्ना की तरफ से जब एंड द सेकंड पॉइंट इज दैट द मास ब्लडशेड टू प्लेस इन नोखाली इन बंगाल लेटर ईस्ट पाकिस्तान बांग्लादेश वाइट स्प्रेड वायलेंस ट्रिगर्ड इन बिहार शरीफ एंड बॉम्बे इन 1946 देन सब्सिक्वेंटली सेम ग्रेविटी ऑफ वायलेंस स्टार्टेड हैपनिंग इन रावलपिंडी पंजाब इन मार्च 1947 सो इन द लाइट ऑफ ऑल दीस केसेस ऑफ मास स्केल वायलेंसेस देयर वाज अ जेन्युइन फीलिंग ऑन द पार्ट ऑफ सरदार पटेल that india was heading towards a total breakdown and absolute anarchy 
Now the another backdrop of uh, Sardar Patel's stand was basically the stand of Congress Working Committee regarding the Jinnah's proposal of two-nation theory. On 22nd April 1942, Congress Working Committee, in his in its response towards Crisp's proposal, has declared that the committee cannot think in terms of compelling the people of any territorial unit to remain in the Indian Union against their declared and established will. So, this official position of the Congress Working Committee in 1942. Now come to the stand of Mahatma Gandhi on the proposal of Jinnah. In April 1940, after the party Pakistan resolution of Muslim League, Gandhi wrote in the Harijan that he knew non-violent method of compelling the obedience of 8 crore Muslims to the will of rest of India. The Muslims have the right of self-determination that the rest of India has. We are at present a joint family. Any member may claim a division. And on 27th September, Mahatma Gandhi reiterated his position in 1944 that he wrote a letter to Jinnah that he was he was prepared to recommend to the Congress that a country to accept the claim for separation contained in the Muslim League Resolution of Lahore, 1940. If the Muslims of the area of North, West and East, where they are in absolute majority, desire to live in a separation from the rest of India. So, if I say that you recall the Sardar Patel stand and just read the stand of Sardar Patel in consonance with the, with the standpoint of Mahatma Gandhi and this Congress Working Committee. Well, I don't see any confusion on the, on the standpoint of Sardar Patel's position. But yet, Maulana Azad dared to blame him for the partition of India, which, which was wholly unjustified. Now, so, uh, so the sum total is that Sardar Patel's view was just a mere repetition of, of the stand of Congress Working Committee and Mahatma Gandhi's stand. On May 1947, in an interview with the Associate Press of America, Sardar Patel stated that the Congress aim was to have a strong center, but if Muslim League insists it wants separation, the Congress will not compel them to remain by force. And Sardar Patel was very much aware of the fact that the British would not transfer power and quit unless there was an agreement between Congress and the Muslim League. And at the same time, if British continue to govern India, there was the grave risk of India being splintered into numerous princely states. And the factual standpoint of his observation comes from the fact that in Nagpur's speech in 1947, Patel disclosed that the British officials of the political department were secretly arranging the le to lease out Bastar the then central province area to Nizam of Hyderabad. And in spite of his repeated directions, the relevant files were not put to him. So I must say that those who are pointing finger at Sadar Patel and calling him the real architect of partition are either utterly stupid or they, they something very sinister going in their head, especially in terms of making history a mockery and devoid of any logic and factual accuracy on the partition of India. Now, let's uh, come to the myth of violence against Muslims. Now, when we uh, discussed uh, Sadar Patel's standpoint, then one may argue that if Sadar Patel was justified in, uh, in acknowledging the claim of Jinnah on the ground that mass scale violence was going on in India, then, uh, well, then Jinnah was also justified in asking Pakistan, where's the point? So, uh, uh, if we talk about, so we, it is very important to address this point that was there a mass scale violence going against Muslims also or not? So 
if we go by the two nation theory of jinnah he justify his theory his claim for the establishment of pakistan on two major points first hindus and muslims are two different nation so they are so vastly different that they cannot coexist now i must say that this first uh, justification which uh, jinnah has put forth is very is a very subjective question because if you if you relate it with the present context to iska matlab to fir ye hai ki jitni bhi jagah pe musliman all across the globe hai yahan par ladaiyan chal rahi hai to fir wo wahan par is justification ke according to har jagah wo ek independent state banana shuru kar de iska hi to matlab banta hai so this question was a subjective question ye iska koi fact se koi matlab nahi tha ye to bas uske main kahunga ki jinnah ke dimag ke upar thi that hindu and muslim are two different nations and so why it's vastly different that they cannot coexist to ye to basically jinnah ki ek subjective analysis tha jo khud uski psychology tak restrict tha mujhe jo mera analysis kya tha is group so i will not go into the detail of this uh, this uh, first justification now let's come to the second point which was put by jinnah in support of his uh, 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 in uh, in support of, as a justification to establish uh, this uh, pakistan uh second point was that the ill treatment of muslims in the congress ruled provinces now the factual if we look at the factual standpoint of jinnah's claim us jinnah ka jo jo claim tha ye basically teen reports ke basis par aadhar ye us par aadharit tha muslim league actually appointed three committees to probe fact of atrocities and grievances of muslims in the congress uh, majority, hindu majority provinces namely the raja of pirpur whose name was mohammad mehdi raja sayed uh uh this man was tasked by mohammad ali jinnah to come up with a report regarding the atrocities and grievances of muslims in congress ruled provinces second committee which was constituted by uh, muslim league was the sharif uh, committee report this the sharif committee and the third one was the uh, was fazlul haq report so these are the three com- committees on the and on the basis of uh, on the findings of these committees of these committees uh, jinnah was preparing his ground to say that look uh, mass scale violence and atrocities atrocities were committed against muslims in the congress ruled province at that point of time so let's come to the key findings of these reports uh, and the key findings looks like this you use of uh, the first finding was the use of vande matram that was the first observation of of these reports second observation made by these uh, these report, uh, these committees was that the too much respect paid to mahatma gandhi so i mean just look at the ridiculousness of the, of the findings of these committee that if you if you i mean if you relate it with the present context now nowadays they were shouting that look we, we should we should oblige with the principles and ideas of mahatma gandhi but at that point of time muslims these muslim intellectuals and this mohammad ali jinnah and all those committee which was constituted by jinnah unko is cheez se bhi problem tha ki gandhi ko itna respect kyun diya ja raha hai congress ki taraf se aur wo isko aisa lead kar rahe the ki it will it, it, it will trigger the sentiments of uh, muslim community there and the third observation which was made by these committees was that the policy of cow protection fourth observation which was made by these committee was the interference in religious beliefs and practices of islam such as azan so i mean i will uh, just uh, laugh at this uh, observation because if you again uh, related with the present context then we have a supreme court ruling on this uh, of delivering azan on this loud speakers uh, supreme court has banned that practice so inke point of view se to aaj the supreme court bhi atrocious hai muslims ke uh, muslims ke respect mein kya ye 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 kis tarike ke findings hai 
Now the fifth point is that Muslims must not allow to eat beef. ये फजलुल हक की रिपोर्ट में ये मेंशन था कि कांग्रेस वाज इंपोजिंग एन आइडिया इंपोजिंग अ पॉलिसी और रेगुलेशन ऑन मुस्लिम्स टू नॉट टू ईट बीफ सिक्स ऑब्जर्वेशन मेड बाय कमिटी बाय बाय दोस कमिटीज वाज दैट दैट देयर इज एन आइडियोलॉजिकल अंडरस्टैंडिंग बिटवीन कांग्रेस एंड हिंदू महासभा तो वो ये बोल रहे थे कि कांग्रेस जो है वो सेक्युलर नहीं है अपने कैरेक्टर में और उसकी कुछ म्यूचुअल अंडरस्टैंडिंग है हिंदू महासभा से जो कि बेसिकली हैच कर रहे हैं कॉन्स्पिरेसी मुस्लिम्स के अगेंस्ट इन दी कांग्रेस रूल प्रोविंसेस नाउ द सेवेंथ ऑब्जर्वेशन व्हिच वाज मेड बाय दोस कमिटीज वाज दैट कांग्रेस वांटेड टू एस्टेब्लिश हिंदू राज इन इंडिया दैट वाज द सेवेंथ ऑब्जर्वेशन नाउ एट्थ ऑब्जर्वेशन मेड बाय दोस कमिटीज वाज दैट द प्रमोशन ऑफ हिंदी एंड डिस्क्रिमिनेशन अगेंस्ट रोटू एंड लेट मी मेंशन सम ऑनरेबल नेम्स प्रोफेसर एम मुजीब एजाज अहमद कुलदीप नायर जीएस ग्रेवाल ऑल दिस पीपल टू दिस लाइन ऑफ आर्ग्यूमेंट दैट लोग दीज फाइंडिंग्स आर करेक्ट एंड दीज फाइंड दीज ऑल दीज ऑब्जर्वेशन गिव्स एन इंप्रेशन दैट कांग्रेस वॉज ऑपरेशन मुस्लिम इन इन दोज प्रोविंसेस एंड कमिटिंग कमिटिंग एट्रोसिटीज अगेंस्ट अगेंस्ट दैम सो इट इज ये सारी फाइंडिंग्स जो है कांग्रेस के नोटिस में आई देन कांग्रेस रिस्पॉन्डेड इन द फॉलोइंग मैनर फर्स्ट कॉपलैंड रिपोर्ट आई जिसका टाइटल था कॉन्स्टिट्यूशनल प्रॉब्लम इन इंडिया ये मोस्ट एग्जॉस्टिव रिपोर्ट थी जिसने उन फाइंडिंग्स जो तीन कमिटी उन तीनों कमिटी कमिटी की फाइंडिंग्स थी उनको पढ़ा और एंड दे कम टू द कंक्लूजन दैट ऑल दो फाइंडिंग्स वर होली डिवॉइड ऑफ एनी जस्टिफिकेशन एंड रीजन नाउ सेकेंड एफर्ट विच वॉज टेकन फ्रॉम द साइड ऑफ कांग्रेस दैट ऑल इंडिया कांग्रेस कमिटी in its annual report of 1939-40 come up with a report to probe in those uh, findings uh, on, on the findings of those committees and again uh, that report also nullifies the findings of those committees now when it when th- those findings uh, comes in the notice of sardar patel he immediately ordered provincial governments congress ruled provincial governments to forward the issue to the respective governors to probe in the matter the first person who come uh, with his observation was harry haig he was the governor of united province after his retirement he wrote an article nullifying all those reports harry haig successor morris fairhallet again come up with a report and he again nullifies those reports biographer of viceroy linlithgow whom jinnah approached to take action against unfair treatment of minorities in congress ruled province in in the biography of viceroy linlithgow he made an observation that linlithan go was not was himself not convinced with the stand of chinna now another individual that comes with the uh, with the report was governor thomas toward who was the then uh, governor of bihar he dubbed the charges of chinna as vague and indefinite again eighth finding comes from francis willy he was the, gov- the, the then governor general of central province finds that the allegation allegations made by chinna were totally baseless Uh, ninth find uh, ninth report comes from gt bog the then secretary of madras he submitted he submitted an exhaustive report nullifying those find findings tenth report comes from vishwanath das the then chief minister of odisha he sent letter to congress general secretary nullifying all those findings so 10 findings i think congress ki side se us us par probe karke ki kya waqai mein muslim ke khilaf atrocities ho rahi hai ya nahi ho rahi now even even after this dr rajendra prasad offered jinnah 
to have an independent judicial inquiry by chief justice of federal court or by any other person of that stature uh, he basically proposed that the chief justice the then chief justice of federal court morris square let's ask him to probe independently in those in those findings and let this let, let the facts speak for the truth jinnah say jinnah the, just denied the proposal of rajendra prasad now this proposal was again reoffered by nehru to jinnah that why don't we conduct a judicial inquiry if you are so certain that atrocities were committed against muslims in uh, in congress ruled provinces jinnah ne us waqt bhi mana kar diya so let's come to the role of aligarh muslim university it is very interesting this is the end part of my presentation aligarh in the words of jinnah aligarh muslim university is an arsenal of pakistan ye jinnah ne apne words words mein kaha tha ye cheez is baat ko ki aligarh muslim university to pakistan ki establishment ka arsenal hai now what actually amu did in 1937 amu student union took lead for the establishment of all india muslim student federation by passing a resolution to that effect aur ye all india muslim federation uh, students federation kya thi ye student wing thi uh, muslim league ki in october 1939 the amu student union passed resolution condemning fascist policy of congress government in the provinces in this resolution amu student union was supporting the charges of muslim league that congress provincial governments were committing atrocities on muslims and imposing hindu culture on them same victim narrative was peddled even by uh, amu student union at that point of time uh, thereby branding congress as a fascist government to ye fascism ka jo narrative hai na ye aaj ka narrative nahi hai ye to bahut pehle se peddle kiya ja raha hai jo islamic apologists hai unke ke dwara in january 1941 amu student union passed a resolution in which uh, it stated that the best way to achieve india's freedom and to bring about lasting peace in the country is to strive for the establishment of independent state in the regions of hindu and muslim majorities that was the official stand of amu student union jo aap kehte hain ki sahab nehru aur gandhi the real architect now praises from liaquat ali khan Liaquat Ali was the former Prime Minister of Pakistan. He, he addressed AMU Student Union on 31st of August 1941, and he made this following uh, statement: "That we look to you for every kind of emulation to win the battle of independence for the Muslim nation." This was the words of Liaquat Ali Khan in praise of Aligarh Muslim University. Now let's talk about League Camp at Aligarh. In October 1944. the raja of mohammadabad a leading muslim league leader set up league camp in aligarh with the active help of amu teachers and uh, uh, who were those amu teachers dr zafrul hasan professor of philosophy i, I want your attention to just just look at the designations of these professors dr zafrul hasan professor of philosophy dr afzal hussain qadri reader in zoology zamiluddin ahmed lecturer in english professor ab ahlim who later become the vice chancellor of karachi university so they are not some illiterate muslims no they are the highly qualified intellectual elites of muslim community highly qualified and well established individuals in the muslim community in 1945 aligarh muslim university published pakistan number uh, uh, named a digest uh, which fantasized this idea of uh, establishment of pakistan in 1945 election muslim students of amu 
with Muslim students of other educational institute actively campaigned for Muslim League and won support for them in Punjab, Sindh, Northwest Frontier uh, Province, Bengal, etc. And this fact could be understood by the uh, by the uh, observation of the dawn. Uh, you might uh, you you may know about this uh, this the dawn. He uh, it is the, right now the most leading newspaper in Pakistan. So dawn observed that it was estimated that in the election campaign of 1945, students of Aligarh Muslim University, along with the students of Punjab Muslim Student Federation, canvassed seven lakh rural folks. I mean, uh, just look at the scale. They convinced them to vote for Muslim League. And thereafter, the Muslim League became dominant political force in Punjab, which was the long-awaited dream of Jinnah for the establishment of Pakistan that I have already explained in my previous slides. In year 1945, Liaquat Ali Khan, that same man who, who later became the uh, Prime Minister of uh, Pakistan, stood for election from Meerut constituency. And 1,500 students of Aligarh Muslim University worked in the election campaign on the behalf of Liaquat Ali Khan. A student of AMU also mobilized support for joining Pakistan in the referendum held in 1947 in the Northwest province. Qasim Rizvi, the fanatically communal leader of intensely anti-India militant Razakars of Hyderabad state, was an alumni of Aligarh Muslim University. Now, not only this, there are, there are some other facts which are absolutely shocking on the part of this Aligarh Muslim University. Jinnah was not convinced with the draft of this Government of India in 1935 and he basically tasked individuals to come up with their alternative schemes to, to, to just uh, debunk this Government of India in 1935. The first task was Dr. Muhammad Iqbal. He visioned that the establishment of Muslim India constituting Muslim majority province of the Northwest. So inka basically inki jo scheme thi ki jo Northwest front, jo Northwest province hai, wo Muslim majority province hai, usko wo, wo hona chahiye, uh, idealist place for the establishment of Pakistan. Another individual who, who was tasked uh, for preparing a scheme, another scheme was Chaudhary Rehmat Ali. He, he again comes with the same finding, inclining with the views of Muhammad Iqbal. Third individual which was tasked by uh, Muhammad Ali Jinnah was Dr. Abdul Latif of Hyderabad. He proposed that a federation of Muslim and non-Muslim majority provinces should be constituted. Yes, in yes, in key scheme. Thi. Now let's come to the most dangerous scheme, which was proposed by Aligarh Muslim University. Aligarh scheme was prepared by two professors of Aligarh Muslim University, Professor Zafarul Hassan and Dr. Afzal Hussein Kadri. Now, if you go in the details of this Aligarh scheme, it will blow away your mind that I mean. If you, if you just read the facts of this Aligarh scheme, this idea which this Aligarh scheme was proposing was far more dangerous than the idea of uh, Jinnah. Or the Aligarh scheme basically the substances, the substantive thesis of Aligarh scheme was that the Hindu and Muslims were two nations. It proposed the division of British India into three independent Sorvijan states. A a Muslim state of Northwest India, Punjab, Sindh, Northwest Frontier Province, and Baluchistan, which was known as Pakistan. Second part is that a Muslim state of Bengal, Shailit district of Assam, and Purana district of Bihar to be known as Muslim Federation. Part C is the rest of British India was to form Hindustan, <coughs> and within Hindustan, Delhi and Malabar, having sub, uh, 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 the regions of Delhi and Malabar, 
who were uh, who were having a substantial Muslim population, were to be constituted into autonomous provinces. So and mind you, in the in the uh, in the final uh, uh, Lahore resolution, this Muhammad Ali Jinnah picked many points from this Aligarh scheme. So it this scheme acts as a bedrock in the in the formulation of the draft of Lahore resolution. Now. Jinnah also praised AMU its role in making of Pakistan. And his statement goes like this. I have been following wonderful work that the Aligarh boys have done. You have proved what I said. Aligarh is the arsenal of Muslim India. His statement, he made his statement on December 15, 1945 to Zahid Hussain. So uh, that's the end of my presentation. Hi, thank you, Ashish, for a lovely session. So, thank you, sir. Uh, my question is like, if uh, if I can uh, share these, you know, report findings on FB or Twitter, so is it a, considered as a hate speech or communal as per current Indian laws? Since uh, you are a law student, also. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't think so because uh, if you quote uh, this book, because uh, uh, actually this book, Understanding Partition, is the basis of my presentation. So even if you share the slides, it was actually factually based on that book. So. Uh, uh, to the best of my legal understanding, it doesn't amount to any, uh, at, uh, it doesn't attract any legal action against you. And earlier I have sent a question. Okay, Akishi, go ahead. Okay, I'll, re I'll read out. Chitral is uh, part of Kashmir. Why, why, was, why has Chitral gone to Pakistan even when uh, it was an integral part of Kashmir? Uh, sir, uh, regarding Chitral, uh, I'm not, not, not aware of this fact because so I don't want to comment on this Chitral aspect. Uh, and another question. Yes, okay. go ahead. Uh, why must India support Baluchistan uh, movement even when the Baluchistan king Khan of Kalat signed an agreement to go to Pakistan? Why must yes. India support Islamic Republic of Baluchistan then? Hmm. Uh, look, uh, then again, this uh, question comes to the same point. If there uh, views accept that there should be an independent state and independent state. So basically, the idea of United India was defeated. So it is better to claim stake over Baluchistan than recognizing it as an independent state. So that's my standpoint on this question. So my question was regarding the recent uh, phenomenon of the CA protest, which were anything but for CA, but uh, clearly we could see that it was like mm -hmm. a platform for... Uh, many misinformed people to get together and do some sort of Hindu bashing and generally speak mm -hmm. against the Indian state. So this seems like a political stand. And also there seems to be a lot of funding involved. So what yes. do you think the Indian state should do, keeping history in mind or to address this? Uh, well, as far as the uh, CA and RC uh, aspect is concerned, uh, Indian government is very much firm in its decision, and I don't think that these protests and uh, all these candlelight marches will impact the legislation because, after all, it was it is it was for the Supreme Court to decide the matter, and once uh, it gets a clear note on on that count, there is nothing to worry about much on this point. Yeah, I mean, I have a stand that the Indian government cannot relent on these type of things uh, on, on bringing out laws, CA, NRC or um, National Population Register as well. In fact, it needs to do a lot more. Yes. If you're not familiar, there is uh, 
very serious constitutional uh, yes discrimination yes. against the hindus in the country in fact if i look at the present approach of uh, indian government uh, the present uh, the the uh, the approach was indian government was not correct because here uh, the bigger concern is the constitution first we have to fix the constitution because if you even if you implement this nrc and ca if there was government change any government can minimize the effect of these legislations so first we have to generate the constitutional cover and then we have to go to these corrective measures of ca and nrc that's my point of view uh gurpreet ji if you go to uh, sangam talks on youtube there is another talk by avinash and he actually talks about this towards the end yes. of the presentation on why the constitutional umbrella must come in first rather than ca npr yes. nrc and these uh, banded type fixes that the indian yes. government is actually doing absolutely so actually the articles 25 to 30 which need a serious relook yes the difficulty is that uh, this is the only constitution in the world which actually discriminates against the majority itself there is yes. a project called hindu, hindu charter you may want to visit the website hinducharter.org yes uh, some of us uh, from sariu trust sangam talks have been part of that um, and uh, you will you will probably learn a little bit more about uh, you know the challenges of the constitution there are many videos on the constitution on the same topic on sangam talks please do have a look so my question is the current government what steps are they taking to ban aligarh muslim university Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, Victor, that was uh, uh, that was my observation. Uh, actually, that was my grudge. Actually, because I don't see a a point of having providing or institutional autonomy to to this Aligarh Muslim University because the way in which this university involved in the vicious campaigns of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, I I don't see a ground for Indian government to allow this institute to operate. with institutional autonomy so to my to the best of my understanding uh, the institutional autonomy of this this institute should be put conditional or should totally be snatched away from this institute because this institute is the most dangerous institute i have spent 5 years in this institute and i know what was actually what is actually going on in there in this institution this is basically the intellectual jihadist hub of india and whenever and i just take my words uh, that whenever there will be a major crisis between uh, in terms of clash between hindus and muslims then aligarh muslim university will play a crucial role in escalating that crisis take my words for that i once okay. again i do want to interrupt and add actually uh, am so no central Uh, government funded institution in india and this is very important to understand for all the guests here that when if you if you have a hindu name and you start an institution and the government touches any part of it either gives you land which at subsidized rate or pays for the teachers anything anything at all then you have you cannot have any religious teaching in that university yes however if you have a muslim christian or even unfortunately sikh and jain now uh, jains are still you know considered hindus but everybody else if you have any other name you can impart religious education in the country under article articles 25 to 
इनफैक्ट मैंने मैं बहुत ही इंटरेस्टिंग आपको एक वाक्य बताता हूँ कि मैं अपनी अलीगढ़ मुस्लिम यूनिवर्सिटी प्रोफेसर से डिस्कशन कर रहा था तो मैंने उनसे कहा कि सर हर रोज या हर छह महीने बाद अलीगढ़ मुस्लिम यूनिवर्सिटी में एक मॉस्क बनता हुआ दिखता है बट द इशू ऑफ माइनॉरिटी स्टेटस इज स्टिल पेंडिंग इन द सुप्रीम कोर्ट सो इफ टुमारो सुप्रीम कोर्ट से माइनॉरिटी इंस्टीट्यूशन तो क्या ये मॉस्क अंडू कैसे कर जाएंगे that man that professor uh, avoided my question and he scolded me literally there so that was my experience about it excellent avinash excellent question so there is very very serious constitutional problem yes. with funding institutions like amu they have to be stopped but you can't do that by bringing out one legislation after another targeting mm-hmm. one university or doing this piecemeal bandage yes right? the issue is that articles 25 to 30 have to be modified to give the same status the same status not a higher status same status to all citizens in yes. uh, ignoring their religious belonging so yes. hindus Absolutely. have to be brought at the same level as christians muslims sikhs jains buddhists everybody this discrimination in the constitution has to end first for any of this to move forward yes for sure Thank you so much, and uh, thank you, Vinash, for this lovely and quite informative talk. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. I I just have a question, and I've been very curious about it for such a long time. Yes. The in, India and Pakistan uh, basically uh, the partition took place uh, on the basis of religion, right? Yes, yes. So my question is that why didn't hundred percent exchange of population took place? Because the problems that we are seeing in India, it's 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 just because of that. honestly speaking uh, i i i am not a very uh, i am not a very big fan of ganga jamuni tehzeeb the fact is that these two cultures cultures are totally north and mm-hmm. south pole yes. and uh, i i don't think they can uh, they can uh, you know merge there are different philosophies uh, and the fundamentals of these two religions so my question is why didn't 100% exchange of population take place sir uh... as far as my understanding is concerned because at that point of time it was not practically possible because uh, already too much bloodshed had happened on the on both sides of india and pakistan aur agar usko 100% ke criteria pe hum lekar jate to sir ishwari janta hai ki wahan par kya hota kyunki practically possible nahi tha ki 100% population ko ek jagah se dusri jagah jaakar shift karna ये बहुत ही बड़ा डेमोग्राफिक शिफ्ट होता है और ये प्रैक्टिकली अभी तक मैंने जितने भी हिस्टोरिकल इवेंट्स देखे हैं उसमें इतना बड़ा डेमोग्राफिक शिफ्ट मेरे नोटिस में तो कोई भी नहीं है तो ये प्रैक्टिकली पॉसिबल ही नहीं था कि on the right claim no expertise over it <laughs> yeah so uh, i mean of course people like ambedkar were completely in uh, favor of a 100% population exchange correct 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 why was he thwarted and not his views taken we do not know as yet so we will try and find out and and find some speakers for that but sir was that practically possible or not that's another question yeah i just have further question to it so uh, going by the events of last few months like mm-hmm. ntc ester and uh, issues of nrc which might come sometime in future plus uh, the uh, medical emergency that we are going in and there has been total 
you know opposition by a certain section of the yes. society let's say community to it so what is the way forward because i think uh, uh, if if we the the point is that if we are going or implementing something which is practical something which is right even though it is right we are getting a strong opposition by way of violence by way of uh, uh, by way of opposition in any form so what is the way forward to tackle all these things i mean it's hard for either avinash or any of us to say mai yahan par ye kehna chahunga ki agar mai apni understanding se government ki is positioning ko dekhta hu to mere hisab se ye positioning flawed hai kyunki first we have to correct the constitution because constitution is basically the source from where the this powers are flowing so no matter if how many corrective measures you take uh, at the end of the day sara matter constitution pe aake ruk jayega aur wahi provisions hongi jo us legislation ka effect jo hai wo minimize kar degi aur so yeah yes so so a uh, point is i i have a limited understanding of how to make constitutional amendments but as far as i know it has to be 75% clear majority um, yes, in yes. case Uh, for any you know fundamental rule to be changed in part, mm-hmm. uh, constitution but which by going by present scenario let's say uh, it's it's quite difficult and looking at future also i think it is next to impossible so there has to be some mm-hmm. other solution to it sir if you go by the uh, by the history by the pages of history in 19 i mean in the emergency era this congress uh, come up with these uh, this uh, insertion of socialism mm-hmm. and secularism how uh, i mean uh, the way in which congress implemented this was absolutely undemocratic so there are many ways i mean i'm not suggesting that uh, bjp should go by these undemocratic means but at least they should come with a proposal correct correct at least they should come with a proposal that look we, it is there is mm-hmm. it is the high time to make necessary changes in the constitution and and just one more point here that those who are saying that look sacrosanct uh, sanctness of this constitution will be get eroded constitution is a living document it has amended correct times aur ye ye bilkul hi logic se pare hai ki agar koi aadmi ye kehta hai ki constitution ko amend aap kyun kar rahe ho aap to uski sanctness ab uski mita rahe ho ye ye koi logic nahi banta hai i fully agree because Uh, something which has been written let's say 70 years back yes. uh, and and uh, over a period of time definitely things cha- uh, change and uh, uh, changes have there has to be a provision where you know you yes. can bring out some changes uh, in it so yes i'm going to put you on mute because uh, we'll break out into a dialogue then yeah yeah sure thank you uh, there's one question and probably the last question from rakesh and i don't know avinash if you have the answers sindh why was it not partitioned a plebiscite was never conducted in sindh it seems to indology has also been talking about this do you know or no plebiscite uh, plebiscite in sindh mm. sir i am not aware of this fact because my presentation is entirely based on the book the findings of that book if i make any statement which is devoid of any factual basis the, then i rather prefer to remain silent sure okay thank you avinash thank you everyone thank you. for joining thank us thank you all thank you everyone for joining me in this talk please take care take all necessary measures to prevent corona spread जय हिंद जय भारत